0: all bad things. Tragedy. tragedies,
1: disasters. That's bad things.
0: trigger warning for everything possible.
1: What? Hello.
0: <laughs> I'm Rachel and I'm David. And this is all bad things i had a diet coke a couple hours ago and now we're drinking a coffee-based beer so i am up and ready to go what are we drinking
1: we are drinking full steams coffee is for closers
0: now without lactose so i can drink it too yes. it's so good
1: it is good it's I th- one, I one think of the better was, local beers i so. think it was better with the lactose in it
0: you feel like it's. I, I oh, can't okay. The
1: <laughs>
0: I was like, can you really tell the difference?
1: <laughs> no. I haven't had it in a while, so. Yeah. I just I think saw it when delicious. I was at the store today, and I was like, hmm. Yeah. Yes.
0: Yeah. Uh, Full Steam is a great local brewery. They're out of Durham. They have a fun tap room. Yes, they do. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And I believe they um, are one of the companies, Dur- a lot of companies in Durham about, local companies in Durham are good about this. They uh, give their workers a living wage and
1: oh, okay. uh,
0: yeah, watch out for their people. So that's very nice. That's very good. Um, follow us, insta, Twitter, Facebook, at All Bad Things Pod. You can email us, allbadthingspod at gmail.com. Best place to send suggestions. Absolutely. Most searchable. Easier for me. More likely to be done as a result. <laughs> um, I got an email from Masha. Which, oh, okay. fortunately, this week, this time, I didn't, like, misinterpret half of her stuff and have to give a big, long <laughs> <laughs> list of corrections. So, um, just just one correction. Uh, so, you remember we were talking last week in the horrible story mm-hmm. of Los Alfaques about how the oil tanker truck, mm-hmm. <laughs> because some people were thinking... Boat tankers. Um, somebody namely beat, you. Somebody beat me. <laughs> yes. How it didn't have a safety valve to help um, oh, uh, make sure that a believe didn't happen. Well, she said that the safety valve was not actually the problem that you can still have a believe, you know, that the believe stands for whatever boiling liquid, whatever, whatever explosion. Um, she said that that can even happen with a safety valve. The problem and I'm quoting her now. The problem is the lack of isolation of the tank. The gas emanating from the boiling liquid will escape through the valve. And with less liquid inside, the empty part of the tank will soon will give at some point. And uh, she ha- she said, for anyone interested in the details, I really recommend the firefighter advice videos on YouTube about bleaves. They offer good explanations of the process that leads up to a bleave and you get to see set up tank explosions so they like simulate them or actually make them happen so yeah and uh masha also she said she herself has no recollection of los Alfaques, even though she was around back then okay um back then like oh masha she's like 97 years old no uh but she was a teenager at the time and she said she, she said, um, I do remember me and friends going on vacation in the south of Europe in the 80s. We were extremely wary about tank trucks, and we avoided campsites with high traffic close by. That's how much impact that tragedy had on us. So it affected future generations, and I can well, see why. Are, uh, those
1: are smart things to, to try yeah, to avoid.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I told her, because we got some really good response from that episode, um, especially... In a podcast that t- that covers bad things, that was one that was of the pretty, worst things we've done. It yeah, was yeah. pretty heinous. It really was. She said uh, that she almost didn't do it. She almost didn't do the research for it. She said, "I saw the pictures and thought, I can't. It's so bad." Mm-hmm. Um, we're glad she did it because it's good to have learned about that. Obviously, super tragic, but that's kind of the point of this whole podcast. So yes. Yep. Speak, okay. Speaking
1: of super tragic mm-hmm. um, I went to a Bills game last, <laughs> last weekend in, uh, in the land of Cleves mm-hmm. Otherwise known as Cleveland But uh, yeah, that'd be my I believe it was my ninth or 10th time I went on a road trip Road wow. game for a Bills game And they've won all of um, two times
0: <laughs> <laughs> You're like a bad talisman for Pretty them Pretty
1: much I think now I have enough Um, justification to send them some sort of notification (laughs) to send me money every year to keep me from going.
0: Well, you know how um, generous corporations are with their money? I'm sure they wouldn't mind at all.
1: No, it would be more of like a community service thing. Like, this is better for the team. Oh, to keep you away. (laughs) I gotcha.
0: Yes. (laughs) They'll be paying for a a better record.
1: (laughs) Hopefully. We'll we'll see. But it was, uh, except for the uh, fumble non-fumble, Anyway, that's Don't a get it. Don't that's get that's it. a different uh, that's a different detail, but uh, it was a fun game up until that until it literally got uh, taken oh, from them.
0: Oh boy, Cleveland Gate.
1: Yes, and I was not very happy afterwards.
0: <laughs> but you had a good time, right? I did have a good time. What did you think of Cleveland as a whole?
1: Uh, honestly, it was weird because it felt like it was empty.
0: So it just wasn't super buzzing with like. No, fun and we and were excitement. we stayed
1: right in downtown. We were only. Mm-hmm. Not even half a mile from the stadium. I don't well, think. I was
0: suggesting maybe it's kind of like uh, some downtown areas actually are pretty ghost townish during the weekends because it's mostly business and industry yeah, maybe that during was the it. week.
1: I mean, obviously, yeah. there were plenty of people that went to the game. Sure. Um,
0: did you like the places you did go to? Were they yeah, cool? Yeah, absolutely.
1: Good. Yeah. yeah the right. stadium was nice too.
0: So the person who gave us a one-star review because we trashed Cleveland, <laughs> are we... Hey,
1: there was a casino there, too, which was the oddest thing. Yeah,
0: that's interesting. So that's it, was, interesting. it was actually
1: uh, connected to our hotel. Mm,
0: but you said you didn't gamble, right? I did
1: not gamble. I'm not a big gambler anyway.
0: Yeah, plus after the... How much did you lose in Vegas? I only lost 300 <laughs> Only 300
1: Yeah, out of a $400 budget. So yeah. Oh, okay.
0: Okay. <laughs> What did you do with the other hundred? You didn't gamble it, did you? I didn't. No. <laughs> you hung on to it. That was a smart investment. <laughs>
1: no, I think I think it bought uh, legal things that you can buy in Nevada oh, yes. with it.
0: Yes, you probably did. I think. <laughs> Plus, and then some. <laughs> um, also, another quick—I had forgotten about this last week when it was a little more pertinent, but um, the miracle sewed. the miracle on the Hudson. I put this out on all our social media because I realized it right away, but we gave Sully so much shit for being named Chelsea. That's (laughs) not his name. (laughs) Chelsea's not his name. It's Chesley. As we
1: very shortly after discovered.
0: Chesley. Chesley. C-H-E-S-L-E-Y. Which... Is never is not a name I've ever heard of. It's
1: not, I've never heard of it So
0: either. I must have I've just never even heard of it as somebody's
1: it. last name. Yeah,
0: I know, right? Like, like the Chesleys. Kenny Chesley.
1: <laughs> oh, close. Yeah, very close. <laughs> Chesney, I didn't, I didn't but, think yeah. that way.
0: <laughs> yeah. So.
1: <laughs> he sucks anyway.
0: <laughs> well, he's a country artist. That's why. Oh. Uh-oh. Did I just uh, Uh-oh. earn us a one-star review from from the country, a country from the country music audience? Group? Probably so so now we've isolated all of Cleveland and all of country music fans yes.
1: including the ones in Canada they exist too
0: country music fans in Canada yeah I feel like they're more into folk music but there's a fine line sometimes sure so all right anywho <laughs> any are we ready for this week's topic
1: as long as it's not as bad as last week's sure
0: it's not it's not um because that's gonna be a hard one to ever top with the level of suffering. Um, but it's not its not pleasant either. Um, so do you remember I said to you, like, oh, suggest a type of disaster, right? And do mm-hmm. you remember what
1: you said? I said a couple of things. Uh, what did, did I you say? say? A, did I say a flood?
0: Uh, no. N- no.
1: Tornado, something tornado. You said yeah. tornado,
0: and I and then I think you said chemical spill. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I googled chemical spills, I'm like, okay, let me see. And it leaned a lot more towards the contamination side of sure. things. And Minamata disease came up, which has been suggested. What is what? Mini, sorry, not Minamata, Minamata disease. Um, I'll, I'll kind of mention it, but that will be something we'll cover in the future. It's not today's topic. Um, but m- multiple people have suggested Minamata disease, and we will get to that one day. But in looking at Minamata disease, I found out that Minamata disease was just kind of part of a cluster of disasters from Japan. So we're going to go to Japan today.
1: Oh, where we haven't we've, been there in a while.
0: Yeah, we've done a couple, right? We did JAL123. Mm-hmm.
1: That might have been the Is last time. Is that it? Um... I have a feeling we did something else in Japan, but anyway. This is
0: episode 124. We cannot be expected to remember what we've said. (laughs) Ever.
1: (laughs) Or what we've done.
0: Exactly. What have
1: you done? What have
0: you done? I I don't don't remember. I don't
1: know.
0: All right. So this is the story of Itai Itai disease, which I had never heard of until Googling this. So beginning around 1910, a mass poisoning of the element cadmium of people in Japan took place, directly affecting an unknown number of people, we'll get into this more, and devastating agricultural land and water in a rural area of Japan. What We're going to elaborate, obviously. Sure. right? Okay. So sources for this episode, I found a brilliant source for this. So I was finding... Bits and pieces in various places, Um, for example, and here are some other sources I used, the Environmental Justice Atlas, the Internet. (laughs) I cannot speak tonight. The International Center for Environmental Technology Transfer. That's a in Japan, an organization in Japan, Wikipedia, especially for odds and ends. But the primary source I used for this super informative was a graduate student's research paper. Okay. The, the student was is Mansonori Kaji, and the name of the paper is Role of Experts and Public Participation in Pollution Control, the Case of Itai Itai Disease in Japan. And it was just a great hmm. one-shot resource for all this. So a lot of what I put in here is from that resource. It was it was very well done. Well done, Mansonori. Um, well done, old chap. <laughs> well done, old chap. So, like I said, we will get to Minamata disease. Uh, so just to give like a oh, super quick um, idea of what Minamata, Minamata disease is, for those who don't know, it was mercury poisoning in oh, Japan okay. through um, environmental pollution waste, right? So what I found out about Minamata disease as I was Googling was that Minamata disease was just one of four separate instances of pollution-related contamination in Japan in the twentieth century? Interesting. They're known as the Big Four. Like that's how, okay. that's how massive this stuff was. Um, and it was mostly between like the nineteen teens to the nineteen sixties that these Big Four things happened, right? Uh, So they're they're collectively known as the four big pollution diseases of Japan. But the first one was Itai Itai disease. So that's what we're going to talk about today. So these are all pollutant related, right? Like contamination. So this particular incident took place in Toyama Prefecture, Japan, which is in Honshu, which is the main and largest island in japan right like you picture japan mm-hmm. it's not actually just one island sure it's there's the main one and then i think there's at least one other the one on the in the north the one in the south i think is connected but i'm not positive um also heads up i i like trying to pronounce foreign words <sighs> as accurately as possible we know that yes. right so i just want to make it clear that anytime i'm trying. I could see that like an American trying to pronounce something as authentically as possible could come across as actually like somebody trying to mock a language, especially because of the history of white people doing really shitty stuff as far as like mocking the way um, Asian cultures speak or whatever. So anyway, just trying to say I'm trying to be authentic, not to be mocking in any way of Japanese culture. So anyway... In Japan, prefectures are the administrative divisions of the country, right? So there are a total of 47 prefectures in modern day Japan. And it's kind of interesting because the different prefectures have different designations in Japan based on mostly like their char- uh, distinguishing characteristics, like... Their major industries and population, even though, like now in modern times, there's not really a difference in how the d- different prefectures are run governmentally. So, like Osaka in Japan, for example, is a type of prefecture called a fu, which is basically like a prominent urban area in Japan. Uh, Toyama, however, is a ken prefecture which is a term that connotates more like agrarian or a rural area or industrial area that type of thing. so Tayama is on the east coast of Japan it's pretty central north to south it's located on the Sea of Japan and it's a really breathtaking place. I am going to show you a picture that is going to make you want to visit this place sure it I mean and this is like from a, a tourism website. Oh, wow. Look at those mountains. Yeah. And it's on the water. So, like, literally Mm. one side is water. The other side is gorgeous mountains. I can
1: get used to that.
0: It's beautiful, isn't it? Yes. It's absolutely beautiful. Uh, So, yeah, beautiful coastline. And then these gorgeous mountains. These are the Hida Mountains, which are also known as the Northern Alps of Japan. I didn't even know Japan had Alps. Like, uh, it always makes me think of Switzerland. And the Northern Alps uh, and the Hida Mountains... Uh, include Mount Tate, which is one of the three mountain peaks called the Three Holy Mountains in Japan. The other two are Mount Fuji, which we probably heard of before, right? And Mount Haku. About 30% of Toyama Prefecture is designated as national parks. So the surroundings are really important and preserved, right? And well-respected. But this area is also known for something completely opposite of natural spaces, Industry. Sure. And it makes sense because there's mountains right there. And then there's also a waterway, right? A sea, an entire sea right there. And we know wherever there are mountains, what type of industry will thrive?
1: Usually coal. Yes. And
0: coal is a part of what? Major industry. Well, mining. Mining. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. In Toyama, this mining has a very long history. There are some records that indicate gold mining was taking place in the area on the reg from as long ago as the year 710.
1: <laughs> I thought you were just going to say the year 7.
0: The year 7. <laughs> well, it's an ancient culture.
1: Yeah, it's been around quite a while.
0: So that would be possible. Uh, so, so gold mining was going on for a while. And then in 1589, there was a silver mining boom. So silver was discovered, and that would become, or in an area that would become known as the Masumi and Wasayama Mines. So there's, there was a silver rush, I guess, right? Now It
1: doesn't have quite the, the tongue that gold rush does, no, but anyway.
0: Or I wonder if there was a bronze rush. From the late 12th to mid-19th century, Centuries rather, Japan was ruled by shoguns. Okay, yeah. Have you ever heard of mm-hmm. shoguns? Yep. There was a movie called Shogun. That's the only way
1: I know, I know, I know it, it from. Uh, uh, I, can, I can't, I, I know it from a book I read in high school. Okay. I can't think of the Maybe name. Maybe a his, world history or something, something like that. that. Yeah.
0: So it's shoguns were basically like military dictators, mm-hmm. de facto leaders appointed by the Japanese emperors. So they were the ones who kind of ran things, right? There was the emperor, but then there was the shogun who actually mm-hmm. uh, ran the country. And, and from what I can tell, it was kind of based on a feudalist system, sort of. Yeah, and so yeah. feudalism. I mean, we're talking like the third or the eleven hundreds to the eighteen hundreds. Yeah, is and, old. The, uh,
1: and the emperor, the emperor lasted <laughs> uh, um, right up until the end of World War Two. Right, that's right. It was, the, right. It was uh-huh. the emperor of Japan that called it quits for them okay. in World War II.
0: Gotcha. Mm-hmm.
1: After yeah, they, they, after there are we, no more emperors, right? No, I think, that was, I think that was part of the deal. Yeah, with, with right, us. right. Because we wrote their constitution.
0: Okay, I didn't know that. So, at the time the Masumi and Wasayama mines were discovered, the country was in the midst of a time called the Asu... Azuchi Momoyama period, which is basically when Japan started transitioning from the Dark Ages to the earlier part of the modern era. And this period ended with the Battle of Sekigahara, which led to the Kokugawa Shogunate, (laughs) which was the last shogun, the last uh, shogunate, which I imagine shogunate just means like the system of the shogun. Probably,
1: something like that. Um,
0: Era of Japan and that was in 1600. Uh the well, sorry, hold on. <laughs> the battle of Sekigahara was in 1600. In 1692 the Shogunate Shogunate, Shogunate, yes, <laughs> took over the silver mines so they were now under state control. Right? And the Shogunate also ran, ran zinc and copper mines. So the Tokugawa Shogunate Huh? I said that <laughs> all in one try. Ended in 1868 when political power was effectively restored to the emperor. So, and at that time the emperor was Emperor Komai Komei. Komei. Komai, tomato. Tomato. And this resulted in like the beginning of the Westernization of Japan. Right. It was like ushering in the modern era, including fully transitioning from a feudal society to a market society, market based society. Right. After this transitionary period, the emperor was encouraging the privatization of mines. So no Mm. more state control. Right. And so the Mitsui Mining and Smelting Group gradually bought out all the mines in the area. And remember, we're talking about the toy. The, t- was the toy to... shit no <laughs> the toy shit toyama region i was just trying to make sure i typed it so many times i was just making sure i was saying it right um so the mitsui mining and smelting group is still around they're actually oh, okay. currently known as just the mitsui group it is one of the largest corporations in the world wow. to this day okay so this is a gigantic company and an old company right they were formed around this time. So Mitsui also expanded the mining, like it was business now, right? They were transitioning to a market economy, so let's see how much money we can make. And so they implemented more modern Western technology. Plus, remember, this is the late 1800s. What's going on in the late 1800s as far as industry goes? Oh, a, a, the Industrial revolution. revolution. Exactly. All
1: sorts of things are happening worldwide. Yes,
0: yes, uh-huh. a lot.
1: All sorts of technological advances, rather, not... Not uh, things
0: well, many things too. <laughs> many things as but well. But that would be one of them, absolutely. In the early 20th century, there was an increased demand for lead and zinc due to war, specifically World War One, of course, and even earlier than that, the Russo-Japanese War that hmm. took place in 1904-1905 between Japan and Russia.
1: Interesting. Yeah, I Never didn't heard even know of that about one. Mm-hmm. Uh, no.
0: But they are close to yes, they're very Russia, close to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, to to its north, right? Because Japan mm-hmm. is off of China, but then Russia's also kind well, of to the kind north. of right above yeah, that. Yeah.
1: But yeah, they uh, Russia also invaded Japan again right at the end of World War II, right before we dropped both atomic bombs. A lot of people don't know that.
0: I really apologize. Could you repeat that?
1: <laughs> I wasn't listening. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> you can I'm sorry, you can't can when ahead. you listen to it again. No, <laughs> No, I was saying um, the Russians attacked Japan again at the end of World War II, right before we dropped both atomic well, bombs.
0: Oh, they invaded mm-hmm. Japan? Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess they were close. That makes sense. And Russia was on the Allied side? Is that correct? Yes. Okay, yeah. All
1: right. Those damn communists.
0: <laughs> Future communists. No, they were communists oh, that's then. true. They were, yeah. So the main mines that were providing these materials so the especially the lead and zinc were the Kamioka mines which were part of the mines that had been purchased by Mitsui they were located in the Gifu prefecture near the northern border it shared with the Toyama prefecture right so we're talking we're going to be talking about the Toyama prefecture a lot but the mines themselves that are at issue here. We're located just south of that prefecture. So So in Gifu, in its portion of the Northern Alps, a river called the Jinzu River flows from nearby Mount Kaori north to Toyama, where it empties into the Sea of Japan via the Toyama Bay. The basin area of the Jinzu provides an ideal area for growing rice because the river periodically floods and greatly assists in irrigation, which rice needs a lot because rice is grown in paddies And patties are like flooded fields. Sure. Right? Super, super wet fields. Um Where, like, uh, a lot of crops would die and be drowned, right? But rice really thrives in that type of um, area. And the Jinzu also ran through the area of the Kamioka Mines. So, I sort of have... This is from um, that research paper, but so you can see, this is where the mines were, and this is the river running through and into Toyama Bay. Okay. And this is the Toyama Prefecture. All right. Okay. And that's the last photo I have to show for you. This is a not very photo-heavy uh, disaster. Good. <laughs> yeah. Right. We could we could use a break from the <laughs> yeah. horrificness of the. Uh, Los alfajos. Mm-hmm. Alfalques. <laughs> See, we're going from Spanish to Japanese. I'm doing my best to hang in on all the pronunciation. So, by the early 20th century, the Kamioka mines were among the most productive mines in the world as their zinc ores were especially abundant. So, zinc was kind of the primo thing in these mines. So, we know mining is a dirty business isn't it <laughs> both literally to say the least <laughs> and figuratively mm-hmm. yes absolutely now for the fig for the literal side physical side there are toxins and minerals and explosions and a lot of i don't of... know
1: how any, any of those people do it no i, I know way. i know No thanks
0: uh, and a lot of, and we will get to a bunch of the, like West Virginia has a trillion and one mining disasters. We need to start covering those to get through all of we, them. We eventually. could literally,
1: there's probably uh, a an entire podcast, 150 yeah, fifty episodes we could do just on West Virginia mine disasters alone.
0: I think so. We could probably just do an entire, yeah, series. Yeah, yeah that's
1: true. You could start your own podcast mm-hmm. that was specifically West Virginia mine disasters.
0: Pretty much, yeah. Our West Virginia listener Kelsey would appreciate that. She's, a, yeah, she has, um suggested a lot of a lot of them do you have them on the list we'll get to them eventually for sure so uh the the kamioka mines have a long history of their own right because of its proximity to the jinzu river the kamioka mines had a pretty long history of pollution when it came to water used for both drinking and agricultural use
1: since when do mines pollute they're like
0: the Beautiful, beautiful, clean zinc, clean coal. Beautiful, beautiful, <laughs> clean zinc. Don't,
1: Fuck forget, face. don't forget about the clean lead. Is, is, <laughs> right. Isn't that what they're taking out of here too? Lead zinc. and zinc. Zinc. Oh, I thought it was lead too.
0: Yes, but zinc is going to be the thing That's we're the mainly going main to talk okay. about. Yeah, um and f- so this uh, these mines back in the, like way back in the day like going back to like 1700 the main elements that they were mining at the time were copper, lead and silver but that switched over to zinc later so so mining was causing issues with the water locally for a couple hundred years already by the time we were reaching the early 20th century but pollution is one thing poisoning is another i mean pollution is a form of poison if you want to get you know granular well, sure. about yeah. it but But we're talking acute heavy metal poisoning, which we'll get into in just a little bit. okay. Yeah. So when Mitsui began modernizing their mines in the late 19th century, as they took them over, they added a rotary kiln to the Kamioka mines. Now, a rotary kiln, also known as a rotary furnace, is basically a giant rotating furnace. So it took me a while to figure out what it was. I couldn't find a ton of, like
1: explain I was like say, i'm
0: five information I was,
1: I was gonna say i would need a picture of that i can't think of what the hell that is no it's it's basically I'll, I'll go with it.
0: from what i could tell in mining applications it's basically are you gonna google it yeah okay what is it called again a rotary kiln or a rotary furnace okay which makes sense that it would be like one or the other same difference because a kiln is basically like a big oven right sure. so yep. i always think of a kiln in terms of like pottery
1: and Rotary Kiln, Incider- Kiln Incinerator also came up.
0: A lot of product pages came up when I looked for it. But you see, it's just like a big yeah, tube.
1: That's, yeah, it looks like um an oil... uh Tank? Well, you know how to transport oil.
0: An oil tanker.
1: No, no, no. Like Los no, no. the, the, the ones on the ground. What am I trying to say? The
0: ones on the ground.
1: Anyway, I can't <laughs> think of a damn... Oil like, tank. No, it's not. No. Oh. Anyway. Pipe?
0: Pipeline. Pipeline, thank that's you. That's what you're trying to think yes, of, yeah. That's what it looked like. Yeah. So basically, from what I can tell, these rotary kilns heat up the extracted ore from mining before the point where they extract the actual element that they're going after from the ore.
1: Yeah, <laughs> That sounds dangerous as shit.
0: It, it kind of does. But the main problem with this rotary furnace installation in 1890 was that it pumped a bunch more smoke into oh, the air, sure. right? Oh, I'm sure. And the And and
1: they wouldn't have had back at that time any sort of filtration systems or anything. This is the beginning of the industrial revolution. This is the beginning
0: where pollution's becoming an issue. And even
1: if they did, they would have been like, Well, that's too expensive. We can't Mm. install that.
0: Right. And locals were not happy with this. So there there was a lot of complaining locally, like, hey, like our sky is turning black. Like they were starting to experience smog and shit.
1: They're like they're like, well, I have several million dollars, so <laughs> well, I don't care.
0: I did actually, I can I can just
1: move out of Japan if I want to.
0: <laughs> I did actually see reference in one source, not the very thorough research paper, but something else. But it was only one source that said that they responded in eighteen ninety three by installing a toxic eliminator. But I don't know what that means. I couldn't find. I don't know any what that is now. I of can't it. think of what the hell it was. I know. In I couldn't. I couldn't figure it out from there. So, at any rate, it
1: was probably literally a canary in a coal mine. Like, <laughs> maybe, like this is it. It's dead. Maybe we should stop now.
0: Um. At any rate, as the mine experienced its boom in the early 1900s because of all the war activity, Mitsui began zinc mining in the Kamioka Mines in 1905. Now, initially, they separated out the zinc through density differences. So again, I didn't delve too much into what this means, but I imagine it means like you got the shit you want, you got the shit you don't want. And there's a way to like use the density of each of the materials to separate them out. We'll say that. Sure, we're not mining
1: experts. No, we're not. <laughs> Remember that our one and two star reviewers exactly we're not really experts in anything. No,
0: we don't claim to be either. <laughs> Go start your own fucking podcast. <laughs> um, but in 1909, they started using a method called froth flotation. That doesn't
1: sound like it's going to be. Well, good it uses either.
0: surfactants to like. Sure. Separate to float the um the metal, the element that you're trying to get out of the ore, to the top. Anyway. It
1: still sounds like it's going to be doing quite a bit of polluting at well, the Well, here's time.
0: the problem. This new method resulted in some of the particles produced as waste from the mining mm. process to flow directly into the Takahara River, which was upstream from the Jinzu River, and therefore the Jinzu River began carrying these waste products through Gifu and into Toyama
1: and uh japan being well is it uh is it an actual island or is yes. it a um it's an island okay it's not was, a peninsula okay i was trying to picture it in my head i am no, pretty it's sure it was an island. island so japan being an island my guess is going to be that for drinking water People mm. heavily depend on the lakes rivers, yeah. and rivers. And because because me, obviously you can't take it from the... You know, well, you could now, maybe with like the a ocean, desalinizer. desalinizer.
0: yeah But ocean, no, But at,
1: back at this time, that's where all your drinking water is coming from. And
0: Japan has a ton of mountains, so the snow melt provides a lot sure. of the river flow, right? Yeah.
1: And they're like, yeah, well, let's just pollute it. It's <laughs> not going to have an effect.
0: So one of these waste products that was getting into the Takahara and as a result into the Jinzu... Was cadmium. Now, I had never, I don't I've know if I've never of heard of cadmium. I never studied the, table, the table of elements. Of elements yeah. Did you ever study it? I did. Did, I did you have to memorize it or anything like that? I did,
1: but I was ter- always terrible at science.
0: Yeah. I I quit school at 11, so I didn't really,
1: I, want, I didn't do
0: that in my own homeschooling.
1: I want to say the first element is helium, but I'm not positive. Don't quote me on that.
0: I wouldn't even have a gas.
1: Oxygen is like seven or eight.
0: I don't even know how they're like how they decide. I, I and they know. and they occasionally
1: and they occasionally add to it. They added a new element uh, a year or two ago. Yeah,
0: they they do. Well if you discover something mm-hmm. then yeah. Absolutely. And I'm not talking about
1: the the one that Iron Man discovered. I'm talking about like a real new element. Ha, ha,
0: ha, ha. Well he did. <laughs> I didn't know
1: that. And Iron Man too. Yes. Oh okay. He found I don't a new think element.
0: I I don't think I saw I think I just saw the first one.
1: Of all the... Uh, well, I watched some of uh, Endgame on the plane back home oh, because it okay. was available on their thing. Oh, okay. It started off pretty well. I'm like, okay, now I kind of want to see it. Now we have to get Disney Plus to see it, apparently.
0: Disney Plus. But... Um, That's uh, like the new thing, right? A lot of yeah, people are talking about it. Just it just launched
1: yesterday. Oh, okay. Um, But uh, I really forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> what, what was I talking about? Iron
0: Man watching the first yes. part of Iron okay, Man. Yes. Okay, Yes. <laughs>
1: Um, And I was watching Endgame, Endgame, but um, I didn't realize because I was reading on the description, like Mm -hmm. I didn't realize it was the last of a 22 film.
0: Holy shit. I'm like 22. I'm like,
1: I've seen maybe five of them. (laughs) At best <laughs> of all the marvel ones yeah. is that the idea mm-hmm.
0: i think i've only seen black i Panther. guess i guess and this is I guess the, uh, the first Man. i guess this is
1: the end of phase one and now they're going oh on to another God. whole thing i, I don't get yeah, it yeah i don't even, well i get it but i just after a while i'm like i'm just not i can't keep up
0: yeah
1: no it's not as cool as star wars people
0: <laughs> so cadmium cadmium is a heavy metal element. And I I was that that is found um in the earth's crust. And I was going to make some sort of cute joke about how it was a heavy metal found in the uh, in the earth's crust, but then I was going to name like some dead metal singer and say but not like so and so. Ha ha ha. But I couldn't think of anyone. Um, <laughs> he would have said
1: not like Bon Scott.
0: Oh yeah, okay, fair enough. Cuz <laughs> he's, been he's in while. the earth's crust. Yes, he's he is. a heavy metal in the earth's crust. Mm-hmm crack myself up and nobody yeah, else yeah
1: ozzy won't won't die like refuses to
0: yeah yeah technically robert plant
1: still alive <laughs> like all yeah, you know.
0: yeah the early metal guys mm-hmm. yeah D- some of them had to have died i think, I think uh stuff.
1: i'm pretty sure the guitar player for black sabbath is dead tommy iomi i, me. I think he died a couple years ago yeah i think but you're anyway. right enough sidetrack. zach will know he would know
0: he can correct us so cadmium doesn't get as much press as like say mercury because sure. we know about mercury poisoning and that's what Minamata disease was, and which we'll get in into when we too. cover that. Yes. And and apparently, from what I understand, like kind of the issue with like mercury and fish is the idea that the fish we eat tend to be more top tier predators. Yes. So the idea yeah. is that if everything is getting poisoned by mercury in the water, then the little teeny tiny plankton and stuff are eaten by little tiny fish. And absorb their mercury. Then bigger fish eat those little fish, and that absorbs more mercury. So by the time you get up to the the big guys near the top of the food chain, they've absorbed creatures that have absorbed creatures that have absorbed creatures that have absorbed creeper, creep, creeper creatures, creeper,
1: creeper creatures,
0: creatures um, mercury. So that's why they contain even more mercury because they're mm. apex predators sure. and are absorbing the mercury of all their prey. There is a term for that but i forget what it is so we'll get into we, we know that mercury's bad for people right mm-hmm. so is cadmium but we'll get to that in a second first I we should <laughs> oh yeah all the heavy metals <laughs> yeah heavy metal is bad for people meaning actual elements not the music heavy metal well you're gonna see tool
1: i am next weekend
0: yeah so for
1: the I think this is the sixth time.
0: <laughs> Enjoy. I will not be there. But
1: this is the first time I've, I've literally not had to go anywhere to see them. They're actually playing They're here. down the street. Yep.
0: Yeah. So cadmium itself is a natural byproduct of zinc mining. So because of the type of molecules of cadmium produced by zinc mining, this cadmium was very easily absorbed by plants, animals, and of course... Other animals called humans. Okay. So this cadmium, and not just cadmium, but this is the focus of our topic today. There, there were other waste products. Were basically being dumped into the Jinzu River, right? Uh, not, quote, deliberately. It was more like it was escaping into the water, but, I mean, they weren't stopping it. So and the Jinzu is an important waterway, and now it's being contaminated with a heavy metal waste product, and people were drinking this water. Mm. They were eating the fish. They were fishing from and eating the fish from this water. And as I mentioned before, the water was being used to irrigate rice patties. So it was being absorbed by rice and then being eaten by people. And production at the mines only increased post-World War I. And then it was especially ramped up during the 30s. Then during World War II, many skilled miners were drafted. In the war. Sure. And so the people left at the mines were unskilled workers because they were unskilled at what they were doing. There was a lot more waste product, which increased the levels of cadmium going into the river. So, now as promised, let's talk about what cadmium actually does to the human body. Mm. So, the body does not tolerate cadmium well, even in trace amounts, it is a carcinogen which means it causes cancer in humans. But even the acute effects of cadmium are pretty horrific. So, I mean, and, and we're not talking, we're talking bad exposure to, to cadmium, right? But initially cadmium poisoning causes flu-like symptoms, like everything else bad, right? Flu-like symptoms, flu-like symptoms. It can it can be a sign of almost anything. But so that means like fever, chills, aches, vomiting, all that stuff, If it's been inhaled, then there obviously can be respiratory symptoms like coughing. But it can also lead to bigger respiratory tract damage, pneumonitis, which is uh, lung tissue inflammation, and bronchitis. Other uh, symptoms include headache, dizziness, stomach cramps, diarrhea, and chest pain. So doesn't this sound lovely? And that's just like the superficial stuff that can happen. Sure. I'm sure it goes deeper. Mm Mm-hmm. Even more dangerous effects of cadmium poisoning include, like I said, cancer because it's a carcinogen, but also irreversible kidney damage. It can fuck with your kidneys, which can lead to kidney failure and then you die if your kidneys won't work, especially back in the day where they weren't exactly a dial- doing dialysis on people, right? Um, as well as liver damage. Now, one of the main things that can happen as a result of cadmium poisoning is bone damage Mm. so cadmium leads to a loss of bone density so it like eats away at your bones basically and that can lead to pain in the joints and a greater risk of bone fractures in some cases to such an extent that you basically turn into mr glass from the unbreakable and like something like sneezing or just (sighs) your own weight can snap your bones that's how bad it can get sometimes then there's other random shit like cadmium exposure can lead to a loss of your sense of smell It's oh odd and most concerningly there's not really an effective treatment for cadmium poisoning hmm. it's not really something you can get a shot for and bounce back from this is mostly it, it it's mostly just mitigating the, the source right of the cadmium poisoning
1: i keep trying to think of that uh comedy uh where the guy loses his sense of smell it was a, uh, it was a spoof of the um, Johnny Cash comedy. Oh, Wa- oh, oh! oh. Wa- walk-, walk Hard, the, the Dewey Cox. Dewey
0: Cox, yeah. <laughs> Did he? I never saw that.
1: Oh my! It's hysterical. I don't know how that movie kind of fell under the radar, or didn't become popular because oh, it was
0: John C. Riley, right? Mm-hmm, it's hilarious. And Jennifer Fisher, right? Yep, when she's in it yeah. too.
1: Yeah, it's hilarious. It's That's hysterical, funny. but yeah, he loses his sense of smell when, <laughs> he's, when he's earlier. <laughs> And he gets it back like later in life and he's uh, like he he can see again. Well, he realizes he gets it back when he's smelling dog shit. And (laughs) Jenna Fish's character is like, you smell that shit? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, that was a fun diversion. Yeah. Anyway, we're about to get into people's bones breaking. Yeah, sneeze, so. so
0: so we can put two and two together now, right? So we know that the cadmium being carried down the Jinzu and consumed in various forms by people of the region led to some extremely deleterious health effects. In other words, these people were slowly being poisoned. Mm. Now, the symptoms of this cadmium exposure began manifesting as early as the 1910s. I think the first I think I read somewhere that the first documented case was 1911. But or I shouldn't say documented because it took years for them to figure this out. But there there wasn't a lot of resources for what, like, I couldn't find details on what exactly was being observed by the population or the agriculture in this region during those early years of the the poisoning. But by the early 30s, when the production ramped up, farmers started to notice problems when their crop yields were turning to shit, right? Like, we were growing all this rice, but, like, not half of it is good, you know, or because... Farmers, people working in agriculture, expect certain yields on their crops. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And that's their business. It's like yeah. their inventory, right? So when their inventory is suddenly going down, it's like, what the fuck is and going I, I on I think here? they usually
1: forecast like four or five years out.
0: Right, because that's what the farmer's almanac mm-hmm. and all that stuff is for, to try and figure out weather patterns and everything. Sure. And then fishermen were realizing that they weren't catching as many fish anymore because this shit was killing fish. Obviously, if it can hurt humans, it's like killing off a fair amount of animals in in the water uh aquatic friends as it were so uh the the people even lay people and i say lay people whatever they weren't scientists but these people knew their business they knew sure their they knew crops right yeah. and it didn't they they didn't take them long to put two and two together they're like look up the fucking river there's the mines that, it, like, remember people who are complaining about pollution as far back as, like, the late 1800s? They were like, we think this shit is because we're downriver from all this. This is a problem. So they they banded together to form an association to protest the mining pollution. So even back then, they were realizing this was an issue. Now, the way mining companies in Japan at the time dealt with complaints from labor organizations was pretty well established at this point, so it was pretty common for people to protest against mining companies. So the mining companies came up with a fun and easy solution. Money, 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 Yeah. So they paid people. Which they got plenty of. Yeah, so they paid people. Now, because what these people were losing was money, from their business, you can see why people would take it. It'd be like, oh, okay, well, you're basically compensating me for my losses. So okay. And they
1: and they don't necessarily I mean, they know something's wrong, but they don't necessarily maybe realize it's a long-term thing, not well, a
0: Or how are they gonna prove it? Yeah, they're they're just they're just average people, yeah, they, average they have, workers, yeah, right? Yeah, they have
1: no they have no leverage. They're in
0: an agrarian culture yeah. in rural Japan pre-World War two I mean, <laughs> you don't have a ton of power as individuals back then, even when you band together. So, and that very much exposes the problems of big companies that just can easily pay out in lieu of taking any responsibility or changing their behavior. Sure. It's easier to pay than it is to fix the problem. It's not
1: not really causing them anything. Mm -hmm.
0: Now, one of the first people to notice the physical effects of cadmium exposure in people in the local population was Perhaps unsurprisingly, a local doctor, right? Because if you have a complaint, even in a rural area, you go to your doctor. You say, hey. So this doctor, who was the first to realize something was going on, was Dr. Shigehiro Hagino. It might be Shigejiro Hagino. We'll call him Dr. Hagino.
1: Shigehiro. Yeah, a a J is usually pronounced as an H in Japanese. In
0: Spanish it is. I don't know about... yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Dr. Hagino started seeing patients whose main symptom was severe pain throughout their entire body. Yeah. Ugh. It. Yeah.
1: So it's their bones just...
0: It were start... Their mm-hmm. their bones starting to deteriorate. Exactly. Uh, did you... I think I asked you this before, but did you get growing pains growing up? Physical pains? I, I did. Um, yeah.
1: My, my hamstrings didn't catch up to my body when I was growing yeah. up. Yeah. Yeah, I... I uh, I think it was a sophomore, but yeah, I had to stop playing football that season Mm. because I literally, it got to the point I could barely walk.
0: It was painful, Mm -hmm. yeah. So I had to
1: do, like, stretches and all sorts Mm -hmm. of shit to go to physical therapy.
0: I wonder if there's a, I mean, obviously this is far worse, but I had some growing pains, physical growing pains growing up too. And I remember just the soreness, like the, it's a soreness, like, that feels so deep inside your your limbs and stuff. Yeah. I, See, I, I didn't realize, Really painful. I thought
1: I had a back problem because it was my, mm. it was my lower back that mm-hmm. really hurt. But your that's what, but that's up. what your yeah. hamstrings are attached to. Yeah. So, yeah. but yeah, I like, like one day at, at, uh, at football practice, because um, you do a lot of running drills and stuff like that and like halfway through it, it's like, uh, like I just felt it and I was just like, okay, I'll try to get through this and it got to the point I'm like, I'm like, I can't, I'm like, I can't even fucking walk. Hmm. So yeah, it hurt.
0: Yeah, issues with joints and mm-hmm. bones and stuff are not to be trifled with. They can be really serious. Um, I remember when I was a teenager. I don't know if this was due to hypermobility or what, but I went through a period where my knees just started giving out on me. I literally would just be. I remember walking down the hallway of my church and just like falling and stumbling because my knee just gave out.
1: Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, it's I've never, really weird. Never heard of that one.
0: It's really weird. Anyway bones are weird the human body is weird
1: uh tweet us your uh, favorite growing pains people
0: <laughs> hashtag growing pains. N-
1: not the television
0: show. no <laughs> no because that starred <laughs> kurt cameron and he's a motherfucker so uh so even so so dr hagino Huggi- was seeing these patients and as far back as 1935 he pinpointed the exact cause. Wow! He said, you know what? I bet this is because of the mining. I bet this is because all these people are from the same area. This area that I'm in and I'm practicing in, I'll bet you anything, this has to do with that. So other people in the field, other doctors, other scientists, were really dismissive of people's symptoms as being anything major. Um they considered that all the this pain that people were in was some sort of general rheumatic disease and a rheumatic uh disease or anything that has to do with like, like, like arthritis. rheumatism. Yeah, yeah, it has to do with your connective tissue and mm-hmm. joints. So they thought it was a rheumatic issue. Yeah, like yeah, like you said, like kind of like some sort of arthritic thing. And they did not think it had anything to do with the environment whatsoever. It's just like people's bodies were having problems. And uh, and this is how it was first reported, uh, soon after World War II. So you can imagine there was a little bit of a dark period where no one was doing much of anything in between the late 30s and mid 40s in Japan, right? As far as, like, scientific research goes. Oh, well, Japan was well, yeah, probably. Yeah, but they were pretty busy
1: but the, in World but War II. Science and stuff like that's part of the war machine.
0: Yes, but not in trying to figure out why pe- why a few people oh, in one area goes. are getting sick. Yeah,
1: probably yeah, that, that probably got set aside yeah. a little bit.
0: So post World War II, they did do a study um, at a Japanese medical school, and forty four people took participated in it as patients, most of whom were older. The average age of the patients involved were uh, were close to 58, 58 years old, and most were women. Now, if you think about it, knowing that this is actually cadmium, although we don't know know this at this point, <coughs> excuse me, and knowing knowing that cadmium poisoning causes bone density issues, who has bone density issues anyway? It's older ladies mm-hmm. right postmenopausal women mm-hmm. um that's a major because of hormonal issues, it's a major concern for a lot of uh and I say older, but like menopause can kick in relatively young too so you have to be careful uh because of the there's
1: like a woman in their 50s yeah which is exactly what this was Yeah, yeah
0: exactly and uh so in now that so that study they sort of did it with the assumption that it was still a rheumatic issue. So it wasn't a terribly well done study. They didn't leave themselves open to, hey, what is this? They're just like, I don't know, these old ladies have rheumatoid arthritis, who the fuck cares? So it was a bit dismissive, yeah. Not to mention the fact, now I didn't see this mentioned anywhere, but I would say that probably people are in general a little more dismissive about female health problems than problems that occur in men. So anyway, um, fuck the patriarchy. In 1955, another study was done by doctors at a rheumatology institute in Japan because, remember, they thought this was a rheumatic issue. One of the doctors who participated in this study by offering his expertise in the local area in Toyama. Yes, Toyama. uh, Was a a local doctor named Noboru Hagino, who is our previous Dr. Hagino's son. Oh, okay. So, Noboru was in college and med school while his father was really homing in on the cause of this mystery illness. And then the younger Higino served as an army doctor during the war. And um, the elder Dr. Higino died in 1943. After World War II, Noboru returned back to the Toyama region after the war and after his dad died. And when he participated in the 1955 study, like a a decade after he returned or whatever, he had no idea that his dad had pinpointed this 20 years earlier. Like, he didn't know that. He
1: he didn't uh, fail to mention it to him?
0: (laughs) Well, I mean...
1: By the way, son. It's not like he
0: texted him, hey,
1: son, guess what I found. I don't know. You'd think he would have published something or something. I don't know. He was a told, rural doctor. Told somebody else. He was
0: a rural local doctor, you know. He, and he did tell people, but they were dismissive. They were like, no, that's not what this is. He got it right, but nobody was acknowledging that.
1: Uh, yeah, I can see that too.
0: So the results of the 1955 study helped to move it a little closer to the actual origins of this disorder. The study concluded that this was not a rheumatic disease. It was rather some form of osteomalacia or a bone weakening disease. So they were like, wait, this isn't rheumatism. This is bone. What are you smiling at? You smelled or something? (laughs) Nothing. What? So
1: keep going. (laughs) I'm waiting. I'm waiting for my chance to insert what I'm going to say. Just go ahead. Okay,
0: the next part's going to be a little sad. Okay, that's fine. All right. I'll get it in before then. Okay, as the study was being conducted, the local press started picking up on this mystery illness, and it was observed that it occurred mostly in women over the age of 35 and was incredibly painful. A local newspaper called the Toyama Shin- Shinbun coined the illness Itai Itai disease. That's where it came up with the name. Oh. They coined it. And now is where we dramatically reveal the incredibly sad origins of its name. The people who are suffering from this, suffering from this excruciating pain would often cry out, itai, itai, oh, okay. which means mean? it hurts, oh, it hurts.
1: Sure.
0: So this disease literally translates to, yeah, it hurts. hurts, it hurts.
1: So this was, uh, um, what year did the guy first find this out again? 35. F- 35. It was when
0: he put two and two together. And yeah.
1: then 20 years later, mm-hmm. it was his son? Yeah. So it was the father and then the son, mm-hmm. and the son brought it into mainstream. All right. mm. Yeah, yeah, fuck mm. the fuck the patriarchy. <laughs> are you enjoying Con- yourself? I, I am, yes.
0: You found that amusing, didn't you? I did. <laughs> you are part of the patriarchy, yes, Do you realize I am. that.
1: Yeah. It's a pretty low bar to clear. <laughs> put it that way so so go for it Uh,
0: all right so in 1955 you know that study had been done start getting a little closer to the actual pathology of itai itai but not so much the cause of it right they were realizing yes this has something to do with the bones and like bone weakness but they still didn't know what was causing it initially nabuo Hagino and the other doctors who Worked towards figuring out these symptoms and what they were caused by, figured that it was most likely due to a result of overworking and malnutrition. Now, here's the problem with that, in my opinion. Like, we're talking post World War II Japan. Isn't everybody working hard and, like, generally malnourished?
1: I was actually, well, during the war, they were malnourished too. Yeah.
0: So, how come so... this was only being seen in a tiny bit of the population in one region? And they're like, oh no, it's over overwork and malnutrition. But
1: probably, but, but when you well, see it everywhere, probably because part of it too is that this is post war. Everybody is having to work helping reconstruction. So maybe this is the first time, you know, their mind. I mean, Japan up to this time had kind of per- perpetually been at some kind of war or another. Um, I don't know if they were involved in World War One at all. I think they had other things going on I then. Don't but know. there were... Japan was also in the process of becoming an empire. Right. The, the only reason they got stopped was because of World War Two. Right. So I think for all this time, for a lot of time, the national focus has been on something else. And now maybe the focus is... More wait, domestic. Yeah, like, wait, what is, what is happening to us?
0: Yeah. You know. But it just seems kind of funny. Like, the, my first thing would be if someone was like, oh, this handful of people is just suffering from being overworked and malnourished. I'd be like um how come just them how come we're not seeing this in tokyo how come we're not seeing this in i mean name in in osaka in whatever Uh, plus like i mean i do get that it's a little bit of like where do you look because this country had been fucking nuked twice
1: yes it had 10 years earlier
0: (laughs) but and maybe that's what it was maybe they were there was more like effects of the populations in those places i, I don't know yeah, it just it just doesn't seem to be super logical to me
1: and but I, think, I don't know from what i get from what i've read about japanese culture and stuff like that and like that book i read the focus seems to be more on the collective mm. rather than a fair regional enough. or certainly an individual
0: right we i i do understand that in america we live in a highly individualistic society to our detriment well, and we're som- or sometimes of the just regional too yeah fair enough so yeah, if it was a little bit more about like, well, if it's just affecting a handful of people, how much time and resources yeah. do we really want to put in it? I guess I could see where maybe they were missing the point. Now, the good thing is that Nabuo started thinking, much like his dad, in the patriarchy, a bit, <laughs> a bit broader, he started to have a little bit more creative thought towards this. He's like, wait a second, all these people that we've been studying who have this... Excruciating pain. They're all from the fucking Jinzu River. They're all base. from
1: the same area. They're
0: all, all of them. Not even most. Like all of them oh. are from this very concentrated area, like this area indicated on the map. You see how small and that is. And we
1: know is? certainly in this type of, in this time in society, in world society, you wherever you live, that's what you're consuming. You're consuming right. things that are around you. Right. There's yeah, not there's like not... the globalization of food no. as uh-uh. much. Uh,
0: no, actually not. Not at yeah, all. Really. No. Uh, supermarkets and stuff haven't really started not really yeah Yeah. it's the market Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. very different so he was so just like his dad 20 years earlier he was like wait a second just up the river and mines maybe that's it so in 1957 nobuo took the plunge into pinpointing like his dad did heavy metals from zinc mining as the cause of itai itai and he actually put a finer point on it than his dad did his dad just thought it was mining pollution nabuo correctly pointed out that it was the zinc mining like he he even zoomed in further on the
1: actual material the, or the element right? yeah
0: right exactly he was ridiculed for this. Like, people were like, yeah, whatever, Nambuo like, you, you fucker, that's not it. They were still dead sure that the causes were malnutrition, being overworked, and, of all things, a lack of vitamin D from the sun. It's like, excuse me, the, the sun is always not shining during the winter. How come not every winter all these people are going, it hurts, it hurts? I mean, fuck that. I just think it's just stupidity.
1: I had, I had quite insufficient vitamin D where I grew up in the winter.
0: <laughs> Fair enough. Yes. Why weren't people in Messina going around? It hurts. It hurts. Oh, it,
1: oh we were saying well, that. We were just talking about something else. Mental
0: anguish. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
1: or this sucks. So, this sucks.
0: It just seems really short-sighted and small-minded to me, but whatever. Now, Nabuo was slightly off in one thing in his theory. He actually thought that it was the zinc itself that was causing the issue, Um, As opposed to cadmium, which was a byproduct of the zinc mining, right? Uh, But he laid this really important groundwork, which another another scientist ran with. So let's get into that. So uh, and then we're going to slightly go off topic, but we're going to come back. So in 1960... Uh, So remember I said that like the whole thing was if the local population is protesting against these mines about the pollution, they pay them off. Right. Mm -hmm. But this kind of came up on a schedule like they would negotiate for, okay, look, we'll pay out this much over the next five years. Then when those five years are up, you renegotiate. It's almost like a labor contract. I was going to say that's right? what it
1: sounds like. It's a labor dispute. Yeah, very
0: similar. So in 19- nineteen, I
1: mean, in, in a sense, it is
0: right. Yeah. So in nineteen sixty, the compensation agreement was up for renegotiation with Mitsui, and so Mitsui, uh, instead of being like, okay, cool, here's the same amount of money or whatever, they're like, yeah, we're not paying out as much, so they decreased it. Right. And that's when people decided that it was time to reevaluate their position. So basically, they were like, hmm, you want to stop paying us as much? Well, let's see what's going on here. Mm -hmm. So uh, They, They
1: finally realized where they could get a leg up.
0: Right. So the Jinzu Mining Pollution Prevention Council, which was the organization who was negotiating on behalf of those affected and complaining of the pollution, commissioned an agricultural scientist named Kenichi Yoshioka to do some studies on this pollution from the mines to start putting together stronger evidence that the Kamioka mine was fucking up crops and people, and that could be used to take legal action. Against Masui, right? To say, "Hey, you owe us a fuck ton more than you." You're trying to you're trying to lower our payments. We're not cool with that. We're, we we might want to sue you. And
1: our problems are bigger now.
0: Yes, yes. So uh, Yoshioka did his thing, did his study, and concluded that not only was our friend Nabuo right about heavy metals from mining causing the symptoms in humans, it was also the cause of the agricultural damage. So everything sure. that was. Happening was a result everything of this mining. Everything was affected. Further, Kenichi and his colleagues were able to scientifically prove it was cadmium. Okay. They did they did actual lab tests, mm-hmm. and they said it's not just from the mining; it's from this specific from byproduct. Yeah. This specific it's byproduct. It's
1: soil. It's fucking mm-hmm, everywhere. Right.
0: His findings were released in 1961 when finally the cause and mechanism of this mystery it hurts it hurts illness. Was conclusively identified. So the mine took responsibility, cleaned up their act, properly compensated everyone, and they all lived happily ever after. And that, my friends, was the ha. I literally wrote out, look, ha 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 ha.
1: You got in all the ha.
0: I got all the ha 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 ha's in. So no, that didn't happen. Neither the local nor the national government. Was cool with Kenichi's conclusion no. that it was cadmium from Especially the
1: mining company, the
0: Kamioka mines. Yep. So in late 1961, the Toyama Prefecture formed a committee to supposedly investigate Itai Itai disease, but they basically were trying to rig the results of the investigation. Oh, of By using questionnaires on patients affected, but these were rigged surveys. So, like, kind of similar to the Republican National Committee surveys I get, where it's like, um, uh, what is your opinion? A, America is great. B, Trump is great. C, I hate America and I'm a terrorist. Like, those are your (laughs) options, right?
1: I was going with C.
0: Like, they're so stupid so stupidly rigged. It's One it's of ridiculous. the questions
1: that were on there, the first one they sent you, I can't remember what it was, but it was just like, wow, like, talk about obfuscation, like, on a, on a new level. It's ridiculous. It was just the, the way the question was asked mm-hmm. was so asinine. I think
0: they're on to me. So uh, <laughs>
1: they, they don't send it to you anymore, I filled huh?
0: out a few, because <laughs> they kept sending them to me, I think because I'm an unaffiliated voter. And I always filled in the other, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, and said what I wanted to say. And then at the end, of course, they begged for money. And... Uh, I always said $0 and then put in the line, but I'm donating $50 to Bernie Sanders' campaign every time you send me a survey. I think they may have wised up.
1: Maybe they stopped.
0: Yeah. It's saving me some money. Those questionnaires, <laughs> but... those
1: questionnaires are uh, hilarious and uh, disturbing at the same time. Mm-hmm. Not sure which one is more prevalent.
0: Yep. So the local government was so resistant to blaming mining for any of these ill effects, Because it was such big business in the region. Yeah. So I'm going to say it again. Money, 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 money. Money. (laughs) Can you name what famous early 2000s reality TV show used that as a theme song? Well,
1: that's why I wasn't even going to bring it up earlier. But yes, it has to deal with the... uh...
0: It was The Apprentice. I know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure I, I can't, watched... I can't
1: remember who starred on that show, and I'm going to be ashamed to admit I ever even watched it.
0: I watched the first season. I there, did, too. I really yeah. did. Did you watch the live? Remember how live things are such a big deal in uh, early reality TV? They had the finale live.
1: That seemed to be what they were all doing. That seemed to be really like a new... Like how reality shows do it. Right. but For the finale. Anyway.
0: Right. But what I remember from that... Whatever old 70s band was the one, funk band was the one that did that. Money, money, money. money yeah, money I, song. I have
1: no idea who even does it. They that played play. it
0: live at the finale did and they? they provided like the bumper music and shit. Oh, I, I don't remember, remember that. that specifically. I just
1: remember that whoever, the, the guy that won it, mm-hmm. like it was a set, like everything opened yes. up to, yes. the, to the live uh-huh. audience.
0: Yep. Oh, yes. And uh, spoiler alert the white guy won. Well, yeah. We'll continue. <laughs> so by 1967,
1: 1960- <laughs> The thing of how much worse off the white guy was than the black guy in that situation. He had to go work for Donald Trump.
0: Well, fair enough. My <laughs> guess is it was all a scam. Oh, yeah. Anyway. He, he
1: probably had like some job where they're like, here, uh, shovel papers around all day. By
0: 1967, which is six years after Kenichi's report proved that it was cadmium, the government very begrudgingly admitted that cadmium was a cause of Itai Itai, but still claim that there were other contributing factors. There were not. By 1968, victims of Itai Itai had had enough of a decade of inaction from Mitsui and their own government and filed suit. Against both. This is now going I'm honestly to the court. I know. Well, but they were being paid sure. in the meantime. They well. were sort of being it was private settlement until then, basically, right? And they even like the the people didn't know what was causing it either, you know, until it was proven and then they actually had ammunition, which was the whole point of doing the study. Now that same year, 68, the Japanese Minister of Health and we- Welfare, Sunao Sonata, publicly announced that indeed Cadmium was the only possible cause of Itai-Tai okay, disease. Good. So that was a big deal, right? The lawsuit in 68 was filed on behalf of 14 living victims of Itai-Tai disease and 14 family members of those who had died. They were suing for 61 million yen for pain and suffering. And I'm so sorry. I tried to find, like, historic exchange rates and then do the conversions. But we know how I can't even <laughs> do kilometers to miles, so...
1: We'll just leave it alone. It was
0: sixty-one million miles they were they were suing for. So anyway, so this this lawsuit was a landmark legal case against pollution in Japan. Over two hundred fifty different attorneys worked on the case for the defendants, many of whom were actually pretty inexperienced but very passionate about the cause of the defendants. I mean,
1: well, this would be uh, their version of a class action. Suit. Yes,
0: exactly, I, exactly. And they
1: might call it that. Over there as yeah, well. Right. But yeah. Same yeah. thing. Exactly.
0: Same. So some of the lawyers on the defense even moved from their place of residence to Toyama to be closer to the proceedings. So they were very they're very passionate about it. And that helped garner a lot of support from local residents. Now, as for Matsui, of course, they hired the big fancy shiny law firms, right, with the expensive attorneys. Because they could. That's that's what they had been doing for years. Just pay. And that's pay all. And, pay.
1: and that's also why they're essentially paying out these settlements over the years is because their attorneys are like, yeah, just, you know, you make just, it go. Just, just,
0: yeah, pay them off. It'll be yeah. fine. Yeah. In the summer... They'll, they'll
1: never rise up.
0: Right. In the summer of 1971, the court ruled in favor of the plaintiffs, stating that, yes, the mining activities at Kamioka had indeed caused the health problems that came to be known as Itai Tai disease. Now, of course, the decision was appealed, but they lost their appeal. And the case was the appeals case was dismissed in April of 1972. After that, Mitsui finally and begrudgingly openly admitted that they had caused itai itai disease. They're like, okay, uh, whatever. You've just
1: done that all along. I, I...
0: But that would be the honorable thing to do,
1: not the. But that's corporate to, thing to but do. That's supposed to be a huge thing in, in Japanese culture as well.
0: Honey, money trumps everything. I guess it does. But... Money trumps honor.
1: You know, death before dishonor is a saying over there. Mm.
0: Well, I don't think the executives were committing Harry Curie or whatever over this.
1: Probably not those people.
0: Yeah. So they agreed to finance. They
1: probably should have, though. Well,
0: they agreed to financially compensate not only those involved in the lawsuit, but everyone who was suffering from the disease. So even if they weren't plaintiffs, they, they compensated. So... They're taking responsibility much later than they needed to, but they sort of did. A further victory was won when Mitsui agreed to allow both victims and scientific sorry plus <laughs> and scientific experts um, to enter their factories and inspect their factories. Anytime they wanted,
1: and they had an only, open door policy I, to inspections. I can only imagine what they would have looked like. But I mean, ugh.
0: well, additionally, Mitsui. Uh, oh, oh, and also, the the cost of those visits would be borne by Mitsui. So if if sure. the if the victims hired experts to inspect the mine, Mitsui would pay or reimburse them for it. Additionally. Uh, there was... Uh, oh, Mitsui also compensated for agricultural losses, because there was plenty of that, sure. right?
1: And it's um, also something they depend on, too. Yes. So you would think, yeah. you know, and you, the pr- ha- you would think.
0: Right. And legislation was passed, specifically the Prevention of Soil Contamination and Agricultural Land Act at the end of 1970 to monitor soil quality for the presence of he- heavy metals in the future, right? Right. And the financial cost of all of this was major. I mean, again, I'm not really able to translate from yen, but apparently it added up to literal billions of yen. Oh, wow. Um, The average health expenses each year paid Mm. by Mitsui for just one person was 743 million yen. And again, can't necessarily translate it. (laughs) I was going to say that
1: could be like 50 grand, but Mm -hmm. who knows? And
0: this was back in the 90s. So that's why I couldn't really translate it. Anyway. In 1979, the law passed in 1970 helped lead to the discovery of further cadmium buildup in the Jinzu Basin. And so a special restoration project was launched to replace the soil, which wasn't finished until 2012.
1: Oh, wow. So just within this decade. massive
0: project. Yep. At the end of the following year, December 2013, so this is like six years ago, the last of the legal action was settled between the victims of itai itai disease and Mitsui about a century,
1: mm-hmm. 100
0: years after the first uh, individuals were affected by itai itai disease. Now, the exact number of people directly affected could probably never be known because it wasn't being identified yeah, not. until it had been going on for like 50 years or 40 years at least, right? So, uh, the information on who was affected is a little sketchy, but at any rate, from what I can tell, 184 people have been legally recognized as suffering from Itai-Itai disease since 1967, but several hundred others had been identified as potentially affected, which is why I had like no great statistics to give in sure. the beginning. But well, this... I mean,
1: it's it's something that...
0: You can't... It's unknowable, exactly. basically. At this point. It's basically unknowable. And that, my friends, was the story of Itai Itai disease. Hmm. What'd you think?
1: It doesn't sound like fun. But, no. uh But... But again, um, and we brought up West Virginia earlier. Mm-hmm. That's why if you if you live in West Virginia, and unfortunately, or one of our listeners, Kelsey does. Well, unfortunately, from our standpoint, oh, right? She, she might. Could love she West could Virginia. love West Virginia. Um, but, almost
0: Heaven, I've heard.
1: But uh, Kelsey, <laughs> because Kelsey lives in West Virginia, mm-hmm. it means she has like a ninety nine point nine percent chance of fucking getting cancer, because everybody. That's really harsh to say. I'm no, I'm not joking.
0: Oh, Kelsey.
1: Because of the like the mountaintop removing all the stuff they do there. There's like if you live in West Virginia, you'll get cancer. If you live old enough, you'll get cancer anyway, most likely. As one of my uh Right teachers used to say. Right. But like almost for sure if you live in West Virginia. That's horrible. Yeah, it is. That's horrible. That's what it was reminding me of, like when we're talking about pollution. Uh this is Pretty much I don't think there was this really any air pollution. This well is no, pretty there much...
0: was. It's just that this specific instance was contamination, sure. poisoning right. from heavy metals yeah. as a byproduct of, of mining, yeah.
1: And also um in the early nineteen hundreds and we actually watched the the Men Who Built America. Mm-hmm. Um Rockef yes, Rockefeller. Um remember because oil is a um or petroleum is a byproduct. Right. Uh huh. Petroleum was polluting rivers all over Pennsylvania and Ohio Mm because it was just like, oh, it's the it's the runoff Mm -hmm. stuff from what we're making and
0: the amount of things that are pollution is really terrifying. Like I was listening to the latest episode of Factually, Mm -hmm. um, and they were talking about that
1: the James Corden or not James Corden,
0: Adam Conover, Adam Conover, Mm -hmm. yeah, that guy. And they were talking about how. Like legislation and everything is, and and the city planning and stuff is so built around the car, around vehicles. Oh yeah. That in many areas it's almost impossible to find like good good public transportation, good ways of like protections for pedestrians and Mm -hmm. bicyclists and things like that. And he was talking about how even like, okay, yes, is it technically better to get a Tesla or like a hybrid or something like that? He's like, yeah, but there's a lot of shit that still is pollution as a result. Not just emissions, but apparently the brake pads of cars and stuff oh, yeah, put out I've these tiny mm-hmm. little particles mm-hmm. that are carcinogens that we're all breathing in constantly. So many things that we're breathing in that we don't even realize. Like And, and so... Like, our internal organs are starting to turn into plastic and shit. Anyway, I'm being <laughs> dramatic, but... <laughs> you
1: say, I don't, <laughs> think, I don't is think that's happening. Awful.
0: It is. And contamination is awful, and it's everywhere. It
1: is. I but hope it doesn't happen around here, but it probably does. Oh, I'm sure it does. Yeah. But it's,
0: it's just terrible that these, like, basically older ladies mm-hmm. were, like, fucking going to their doctors and saying, it hurts, it hurts. And these doctors were, like... Not knowing what it was, yeah. couldn't treat it, like, that must well, have been I mean, just
1: miserable. Remember there was a time in America, like, even when I was a little kid, I used like, if you had, like, a bag of garbage in your car, you just threw it out the window. Like, I don't like,
0: remember that. I was,
1: yeah, you're a little bit younger. Things were
0: very yeah. anti, and my parents were That's, very big about that. Started that started
1: when I was a little kid, but it mm. it was, I was not born into that world. Like, when we I had was a still... a
0: recycling bin when I was a kid, so... Yeah, we
1: didn't have those till I was, like, I think 13 or 14, but, um... But pollution is disgusting. Like, it really is.
0: It, it's a byproduct of the shit we've decided is worth it to do. I guess. Yeah.
1: So. Mm.
0: We're gross animals.
1: We can be, for sure. We can be all sorts of things, but in this case, yeah. very gross.
0: In this case, we poisoned a bunch of people.
1: Yeah, but I'll still take this. I mean, th- this is pretty terrible, too. I can't imagine, like, all your bones just literally Ugh. breaking down at once. And,
0: and it was named after the fact that people were like moaning at her.
1: It's like so, that's horrible. So often. So but I'll take it over what we did last week.
0: Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. And there's not the um Now, once we get to Minamata disease, there are some pictures because there are some birth defects. It's very similar to uh, well, I like feel like it's along Yeah, I feel like okay. it's kind of along those lines. All right. But well, we'll find out one day
1: yes we will one day, and we will we will definitely get to some mine disasters one day because yeah, some more mine disasters because we haven't really done any no, we've done no. we've done some foreign ones,
0: couple, but yeah, nothing nothing, nothing in America, here. and there's a ton, yeah You have
1: a ton to choose from yeah unfortunately sorry again, Kelsey. Hmm. most of them happen in your state hmm. but again. Much a little bit lighter than last week, thankfully. Which is
0: horrible. That bar, that bar is high yeah, now. <laughs> very hard by. Because because now even really bad disasters will be like, well, this was better than Los Alfaques. Yeah,
1: exactly, <laughs> exactly. So uh, that was itai itai disease, and this has been another episode of All Bad Things. I'm David. I'm Rachel. We'll see you next week.